just according to our performances the capacity to receive comes with so much grace because you know for sure that god shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory he shall supply you speak upon it you are identified by the blood of jesus the blood that was shed at the cross in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace he became that sin offering so what are you still talking about sin 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 that is a wrong doctrine by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified he has affected you you have no sin once christ is the central focus of who you are and your life your identity changes your mindsets change your thinking you're living because now you're believing right you're living right through him wake up and unwind your day Réveillez-vous et commencez votre journée avec Bioka, On a heart for a soul. Your word is truth. It sanctifies a soul with your truth. Your word is truth. For a soul, a heart for a soul. The light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold. Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole. Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul. Yeah. Jesus Christ, way truth and the life for our souls paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice. What a love! While we get sin for death, we were destined. He stepped in as water and as blood was the cleansing laws. We were found where sin abounds, grace abounds. What a passion, a piece of passion, all understanding where God's love is present, all condemnation is past in. For a soul, a heart for a soul, the light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold healing what was broken turn them parts to a whole heart for a soul a heart for a soul father in the name of the mighty name of jesus we thank you so much for yet another day you've given us we thank you for the breath you've given us we thank you for your grace we thank you for the gift of salvation for the gift of righteousness for your presence for eternal inheritance, eternal promises. We thank you for your truth because you are truth. The word of God is truth and the spirit of truth continuously unveils from Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you so much for this day that we are yet to partake in every single word, Lord Jesus Christ, that proceeds out of this service, Lord, you are the one proclaiming the gospel of grace and truth to all corners of this world. We thank you. We receive from you and we partake. Every word that I speak, Papa, we're eating and eating of you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on that cross for us. Thank you for paying a price for us. Thank you for the gift of righteousness. Thank you for the everlasting glory. For there is no other God but Jesus. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray and say, Amen. So saints, I want to welcome again each and every one of you. For those who are tuning in for the very first time, we want to welcome you. And I pray that for all of you who are searching for answers, who are believing the Lord for a breakthrough, who want to see him this year, I pray that may the Lord answer all of you. Amen. And actually, before I start preaching, I would like you to know that we're here for you. This ministry is here for you. We want to pray with you, to stand with you. So for any person who is in need of prayer, write to us, send us an email. You can write this email down. Prayer at a heart soul.org. We would love to stand with you in prayer and we want to believe with you in your breakthroughs and in all that you're desiring the Lord to do for you. I pray that may God continuously and richly bless you, all of you who are listening in. So let us open our Bibles in Colossians 2 8. Colossians 2 8. That's where I'm going to read from today. That's where our entire service and someone is going to dwell. Amen. So the word of God says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, 
according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. The scripture says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men and according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your grace. Holy Spirit, let you be the one to speak and we bless the name of the Lord. Amen. So, last week, I preached about what is truth. For those who have not yet listened to that sermon, I kindly request that you listen to that sermon. This is a continuation of that sermon. In that sermon, I taught about the true meaning of truth based on the scriptures and based on the Bible. So we saw that truth is established and rooted in Jesus Christ and also taught about the deeper meaning of truth is us attaining the riches of the fullness of the full assurance of understanding in the knowledge of the mysteries of God the Father. Amen. I think I kind of hinted on that, but when one sits down to really articulate what I just mentioned, that statement, you realize that there are hidden treasures. Amen. In the man for wisdom of God, in the man for knowledge of God. And the only way, child of God, we can acquire some of the hidden treasures, you know, in God is for us to actually understand what truth is. Without understanding what truth is, because there's so much information, the generation we're in today, we have been bombarded with so much information that if we can't tell the difference between what truth is and what truth is not, then you cannot know actually the full assurance of the understanding of the knowledge of the mysteries of Christ. And some of these things, to be honest with you, many of these things are hidden from the world for a certain reason. Because God gave them to his own beloved children, his own beloved sons, because they're under his covenant. Truth is only found in the hidden treasures of the manful wisdom of God and the manful knowledge of God. Ephesians 3, 14, 19 reminds us how we as believers actually should appreciate the mysteries, amen, the mysteries in Jesus Christ. The scripture says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love how the scripture gives us that place where we realize that even much as we're coming to Jesus, you know, we are honoring his own father. And the scripture also says it, right? We can't get to God except when we go through Jesus Christ. And who is? He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we can only go through him to get to God the Father. And I love that Ephesians 3.14 starts by introducing us to that relationship between God the Father and God the Son. And he's saying that for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory and to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So child of God, I have a question for you. For one to be granted this privilege to acquire the riches of his glory, how can we acquire this if we are still, let's say, living in the world or we are not part of his privilege, you know, as sons of God. So these things, the mysteries, the hidden secret treasures of God the Father, they are hidden from the world. And these hidden treasures, they consist or they are the elements, the composition of truth. And some of these things can't be given to the world because they're not of him. So. As Scripture Father says in Ephesians 3, 7, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all sense what is the width and the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, child of God, truth can only be found in Jesus Christ. 
and what consists of the truth. The hidden treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of God consist of the truth. The riches of his glory consist under the truth. So there's so many things that are under that truth. But for us to attain the truth, for us to attain the full assurance of that understanding or comprehension of truth is for us actually to also understand the love of God the Father through his son Jesus Christ. Amen. So this week, by the grace of God, I want us to go deeper, to go deeper in knowing what is not truth. Last week, I talked about truth, but today I have come to, by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, to speak about what is not truth. Amen. I'm going to pose a question, which is going to be very helpful. Amen. By the grace of God, to reveal a deeper purpose of this sermon. If I asked you what is not truth, what would be your very, very first response? If I asked you what information would you consider not truth to you in life, what would you think about or what would you respond? If I asked you what criteria do you use to know what you're feeding your spirit as truth, how would you respond to that question? So some of these questions, I pray that we use them in our daily operations, daily lives to kind of evaluate ourselves where we're standing with the word of God, where we're standing in our belief, where we're standing in our values, where we're standing in our faith. Because when we can't tell the difference between truth and what is not truth, then sometimes we find ourselves with so amalgamating things and we're calling that truth. I think last week I kind of hinted on a statement that many times people believe that what they believe is truth. But in other words, sometimes what we believe as being truth is actually erroneous. So what really qualifies something to be truth? What qualifies something to be truth is our Lord Jesus Christ. What qualifies Something to be truth is something that must be embedded in the rich glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. So many times, many people believe that philosophy is truth. But what does the scripture say today for us to know that anything that is contrary to Jesus Christ is not truth? What is not truth? Because sometimes we spend many times or most of our times defining what truth is. But then another question that is really imperative is what is not truth? Because sometimes if we define only what truth is and not define what not truth is, then it can actually leave someone halfway of understanding truly what should they listen to and what they're not supposed to be listening to. John 17, 17 reminds us of this, of this very point that I'm talking about. The scripture says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This was a prayer that Jesus Christ was praying for believers, you know, to God the Father. And so he is saying, sanctify them by your truth. He means that set them apart, set every believer apart by your truth. So child of God, the criteria Oh, the criteria we as children of God must use in order for us to evaluate truth is by us knowing that what we're listening to is setting us apart for the purpose and the workmanship of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so another criteria we must look at while we are searching or receiving truth is that, is this the word of God? Does this speak truth to me? Because and later, I don't want to jump the gun. Later, I'm going to be talking about this too. Because sometimes even we as believers, even we as a body of Christ, sometimes we are speaking, but we're not speaking truth. So, if the scripture shows that truth is the word of God, then why do we regard or consider other information as truth? Why should we stand and say that we are fighting or advocating for these being truth, and yet that is not what the scripture says. So did you know that in our generation, the one that we're living in today, we easily consider 
philosophy to be truth. We easily consider the information that we come up with in our own concepts, our own theories, in our own discoveries, our own establishments as things that really define truth, as opposed to actually what the word of God says to be truth. Amen? Acts 15.9 says that, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. The word of God is what actually works for us. It is what purifies our hearts. The information we're bombarded with every day, the information of the world, child of God, it can never purify your heart. It's just going to fill your heart with the worldly like knowledge or per se information or facts, but it will not purify your heart. And this is something I always say. You know, the word of God is the only way or it's another means as to how a believer or a child of God can be able to be transformed in life, can be able to be healed, can be able to walk in the manifestations of God. But child of God, the information of the world, the facts of the world, the concepts of the world, the theories of the world, child of God, they cannot purify one's heart. They can only, right, fill one's heart with facts and information and someone really believes on that and they feel like their entire life is based on that and it's just covering up. It can cover up a symptom. It can cover up a condition in one's body. It can, that information is just there to enlighten someone. Amen? But the word of God, when one receives it, you're literally receiving Jesus Christ. And I'm going to use that word literally. You are receiving Jesus Christ. When you're receiving the word of God as someone like this that is bringing Jesus to you or any someone by men and women of God out there preaching the truth of Jesus Christ, child of God, by the grace of God, that someone or information you're feeding your spirit and soul and body is going to purify you and your faith is going to be strengthened and you will go in the things of the Lord. So there's a very big difference here. What truth can do and what truth cannot do. What the criteria of truth is and what the criteria of, of not truth is. And sometimes these are things, child of God, we miss. And when we miss these, some of these things, you find that many times people, we can't tell a distinction between the two. We can't tell the distinction between what is truth and what is not truth. And I pray that by the grace of God, just like I preached last week, that this week make the grace of God unveil to you, dear listener, and you get to realize truly something that you, as a child of God, you must not be aligned to. Because many things out there say that this is truth, and yet it's not truth. Ephesians 5.26 reminds us, that, that, you know, we are only cleansed and sanctified by the washing of the word of God. So the only way, child of God, we can be clean in this world, that we can be set apart for the purpose of God, you know, the purpose why he created us to be on this earth, is for us at all times to be washed in the word of God. And how are we going to be washed in the word of God? By us listening. By us hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. By us reading the word of God, any devotion or any, you know, book that really brings you closer to Jesus, right? Is what you need. It is that every time you're listening to a sermon that is bringing you closer and closer to Jesus Christ, you're being washed, you're being cleansed, you're being set apart, you're being purified, your heart is being purified, your mind is being cleansed, your your soul, your spirit is being sanctified. Amen? So, child of God, we as children of God today, we must separate the two. We must separate what is truth and what is not truth. Amen? So, because, you know, let me actually look at something that is very important. A lot of times, right, there's a misconception that philosophy is truth and the word of God is erroneous because that's what the world teaches. That is what many people have heard. That is what many people have been taught even when they were still 
in school or young and they've never gotten that place or a privilege or chance per se, as the world calls that. They've never acquired a chance to hear about the truth in the word of God. You know, one time, this is actually so interesting. One time I was watching a video and a person asked, you know, it was kind of like an interview, right? And someone asked this other person whether they believe in the word of God. And so I was very, very, very intrigued and so surprised by the response the other person made. And when this person asked this, you know, the person they were interviewing, whether they believed in the word of God, this person said this response. And I truly do remember what this person said. And I couldn't believe the person said, I don't know of spiritual things because they are not capable of knowledge. So to me, when I sat down and had that response, I realized that this person believes that what they believe is actually truth. And yet in reality, what they believe are only facts, but not truth. And I realized that many people think like that. I realized that many people, they don't consider the word of God carrying knowledge in itself. Many people today don't consider the word of God carrying you know, the manful wisdom of God. They consider it as just a book, a mere black book. They consider it as pages that are written in black texts. They consider it as something that is there to just give people orders and instructions. So, and to be honest, sometimes we can't say, we can't pinpoint where is the issue, why is that so? No, 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 no. Because to be honest with you, even us, we as ministers standing today preaching the gospel, sometimes we have made that mistake of not really showing that the word of God is truly himself in the word, like John 1, 1 says. John 1, 14 says that the word came in flesh and dwelt among us, right? And we behold the glory of Jesus, full of grace and truth. And so a number of times, I think, we even, we as people standing behind the pulpits, we have not really shown that the word of God is God in himself. And once we portray and claim that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and the word of God that we carry is actually power in itself and truth in itself, that means a child of God, by the grace of God, someone will see the supernatural power in that word and they will come to believe that it is capable of carrying wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to the people who listen to it. But because we have not, or sometimes people have not really seen the power behind the manifestation dwelling in the word of God, and they tend to say that the word of God does not work. But that's not true. That is not true. Because this word really works. This really works. This is the wisdom of God. This is the knowledge of God. Because the mysteries of God cannot be found in the air, cannot be found anywhere. They are found in the word of God. Amen. So philosophy at some point and to a larger extent, actually, it has created that place where the word of God has been depreciated. The value in the word of God, the great importance in the word of God has been depreciated. So did you know that today someone can truly believe in a man's discovery or can believe truly more in the study of a human person as opposed to what is written in the word of God. And the question remains, where did we go wrong? Where, where is the missing gap there for someone to actually choose a study based on a philosophical thought as opposed to choosing the word of God that carries the manifestation of God on earth? Where did we miss it? That means that, child of God, many people today, they would rather carry or receive the system of the philosophical thoughts as opposed to receiving the word or summon of God, a summon based on Jesus Christ and which is actually truth. And so I think we have lost the definition of both what is truth and what is not truth. Amen. Because 
Philosophy is a study that today centers on so many things, on so, so many things. And in, in real sense, you know, even when we go back in our careers and, and whatever we're doing at all times, right? In this world, you find that many times, many of whatever we're doing in life, in our careers is based on or centers on the fundamental nature of the knowledge of philosophy. And I'm not here really to, to kind of beat up philosophy. Don't take me wrong for those of you who are listening in. Amen. I'm only trying to show the difference between what sometimes we think is truth based on the word of God and what actually is not truth based on the word of God. Amen. So philosophy is something that we as men came up with. It is a system that was written by we men. It is a philosophical thought that was created that centers on the fundamental natures of the reality and existence and knowledge of the things people see with eyes, people comprehend with eyes. Amen. And to be honest with you, it is that theoretical basis of a particular branch of knowledge that or experience that people go through. You know, any person on this earth has gone through life experiences, right? No matter wherever you live, no matter wherever you are, no matter whatever you're doing, at some point, by the grace of God, each and every one of us have had life experiences. And it's through those life experiences, child of God, that create a philosophical system or mind or reality. And sometimes we think that that is the reality we as children of God walk in. But the deeper question is, what is our reality? Our reality is the word of God. And the word of God is truth. Hallelujah. The word of God is Christ in himself. The word of God is God the Father himself. The word of God dwells, like I told last week, dwells in the spirit of truth. That is why the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, is here to direct us and bring us back into truth. So today, information has increased. Information has multiplied in different ways. And the way it has been conveyed out there in the world, it is tremendously moving at a fast rate. Amen. But child of God, by the grace of God, much as all that is so good, much as even we as a church, the body of Christ are using the means to take out the gospel out there, the very fundamental and important thing to remember is how do I contain what I receive? And what am I receiving? Because when you know what you're receiving, or when you know what is truth or what is not truth, you are, by the grace of God, you're going to contain what you're meant to listen to and what you're not meant to listen to. Amen? So, truth contradicts the word of God. Anything that is not truth, it contradicts the word of God. It contradicts the word of God. So, when we hear or read the word of God that is rooted, founded, established, amen, in Jesus Christ. That means a child of God, you're receiving truth because Jesus Christ himself came on earth to proclaim truth. I love the fact that he said that because when he came on earth, he was here to do God the Father's business, amen. And if he was here to do God the Father's business, that means that in himself, he carried truth and truth was defined in his deity. That he was a son of God, he was he was what he said or proclaimed to be on earth when he completed the redemptive plan of God the Father on the cross. So John 14, 6 reminds us of that truth, reminds us that Jesus Christ, he in himself carried truth, and he in himself is truth. Amen. And he in himself came to proclaim the truth. Amen. John 14, 6 says that Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. So only child of God, truth can fully be established, understood, comprehended, acknowledged, known, manifested in Jesus Christ. We only find hope and glory of God the Father through the truth that is embedded in Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So no one should lie to you anymore. You shouldn't go out of the sermon and go out back there and say you're going to find any other information that is going to exhibit or bring you to the hope and the glory of God the Father if it's not of Jesus Christ. It's only Jesus Christ who is the foundation that we stand on. The foundation where the foundation was laid. It is only through Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. It's only through him, child of God, that we as children of God can actually have that privilege, right? To get to know the hidden treasures, the rich mercies of God. Amen. Every man for wisdom of God, only through his son, Jesus Christ, only through him. Amen. Romans 5, 2 says that truth can only be revealed to anyone through the grace covenant which came through Jesus Christ. It is only in Jesus Christ truth is revealed. John 14, 7 says that the word of God, the Father, also demonstrates truth to all who receive it. In order for us to receive instructions and guidance, the word of God unveils the depth of hidden treasures of the wisdom a knowledge of the mysteries of God the Father and Jesus Christ. Amen. So, child of God, we must understand that the word of God carries truth in it. It is only that place, child of God, that we can receive the true of God, child of God. Amen. Psalm 119, 160 says that the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So beloved, one thing I must tell you is that we are living in the time where wisdom is the stability of our times, where the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is our center, is where we must dwell, where we as children of God, we must hold on to. Amen where we as children of God, we must stand on. So let us not come to a place where we go back to the things of the world and say that that is where truth is found. Romans 5, 2 says that through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, child of God, it is only and only can we access our faith, amen, into the grace, only in Jesus Christ. It's only through him that we can access that, amen. John 14, 7 says that, it says that if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So, it's only through God the Father. That Jesus Christ, it's only through his son, Jesus Christ, that he would be revealed to us, we as children of God. So the word of God, the father, it demonstrates truth. It demonstrates truth, child of God. It's only in, G- in Jesus Christ, child of God, we can acquire instructions, guidance, amen. And that word of God is going to unveil the depth of the hidden treasures of wisdom. That the word of God is going to unveil the knowledge of the mysteries of God the Father to us. Amen. So, going back to what I was asking you earlier. What is not truth? What is not truth is that which is contrary to the hidden treasures of the wisdom, knowledge of the mysteries of God the Father and Jesus Christ. I hope someone who is writing down You have written that down. What is not truth is contrary to the hidden treasures of the wisdom, knowledge of the mysteries of God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. Galatians 4.3 says that even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. This scripture clearly explains what I've been talking about since the beginning of the sermon. Amen. We as sons of God, we're not of the things of the world anymore. We're not, you know, walking based on the concepts, the theories, amen, of the realities and experiences of what actually man makes up. 
We are not in the bondage of the ailment of the world anymore. But rather we are, amen, are formed, transformed, consumed, persuaded deeper in the wisdom and the knowledge of God, the Father, through his son, Jesus Christ, amen. I hope that is really clear. Galatians 4.9 also says this, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly ailments to which you desire again to be in bondage? That is a very good question, you know, that Apostle Paul was, you know, asking to the church, to the believers in the church of Galatia. He's asking them, so how are you going to go back to the bondages? of this world, the elements of this world, the things Christ Jesus died on the cross to eliminate you from. So some of these things, child of God, I pray that we take time to really sit down and think about them. What am I feeding my spirit? Always ask that question. Is this really bringing me closer to Jesus Christ or not? Amen. Is this something that I must be listening to or not? And times are we're living in really in times where many people can't tell a difference. They can't separate the two. There is not that differentiation between what is truth and what is not truth. No, because the soundness and body of knowledge and principles that philosophy develops within the world, child of God, it hinders many people from receiving the truth. Just like, for example, the example that I gave you about that person who, you know, whose response was, that the things of God, they don't have a capacity of knowledge. They don't know that actual wisdom and knowledge and understanding was all founded in God himself. They don't. And maybe because someone has not preached to them or they've not had the truth. But we cannot keep thinking that philosophy or the elements of the world are going to develop us in actually or strengthen our faith. And this is the time when child of God, our judgments, our senses, our wisdom, our emotions must be rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. They must be rooted in him because he is the way child of God. We are going to stay strengthened in faith, whereby you know that truly it is only the word of God to give me an instruction, a guidance and direction. And where it comes, it brings me back to a very important point that I'm about to say. This is where what you're listening to, even in the word of God, what you're listening to, always ask yourself, am I hearing Jesus? Are they preaching Jesus to me? Am I listening to the word that actually is opening up my mind to the things actually that are of Christ? Because without, without you knowing what he did for you at the cross, without you knowing that you're in the likeness of his death and the likeness of his resurrection, there's a possibility that, again, child of God, you may be a believer, just like what Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Galatia, right? You can be a believer, but you have gone back to some of the elements of the world. But when you go deeper in this covenant of grace, and you just let the Holy Spirit take you deeper, step by step, into the things of the Spirit, the things of the world, right? Everything that you think, child of God, is of Christ, you will be very surprised. You will come to realization and think, oh, wait a minute, I was even a Christian, but wait, you mean I was still in bondage? And a lot of times, sometimes we can't tell the difference. But the word of God that is based in Jesus Christ will create that awareness in you to behold the glory of Jesus Christ at all times. Because Christ becomes bigger and you become smaller. Christ becomes bigger than your thoughts, becomes bigger than your emotions, becomes bigger than your entire belief. And you become abided in him. So we must understand in order for us, child of God, to walk in the fullness of grace and truth is for us to behold Jesus Christ. To behold him at all times in our minds in our hearts, in our senses, in our spirits, in our languages, in our faith, in our entire being. Because Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God who brought grace and truth. That I'm going to speak plainly. There is no other way that grace and truth came to men on this earth. 
So as believers, it actually gives us a purpose to stand and proclaim the truth. Amen? Because this is the time not to be, you know, wishy-washy or scared of not standing for your truth and speaking about this name Jesus. Because as long as we speak this gospel of Jesus Christ, we preach the truth, many people will not say responses just like, you know, that the word of God has no capacity of knowledge. Because when we speak from a place of understanding what we are saying, preaching this gospel, speaking that this gospel is truth, right? Many people will come to say, I want the truth that they are talking about. I want the truth that you're preaching about. John 1.17 reminds us that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we are walking in a very privileged generation whereby Jesus Christ came, he dwelt among us, he lived in us, he was the word on earth, he died, he rose, he went to heaven, and right now he's seated at the right-hand side of our God the Father as a high priest representing us. And today, we as children of God, or sons of God, we've been given that great opportunity and privilege to be able to continuously proclaim this truth. Amen? So, therefore, what is not truth does not come from Jesus. And if any time, child of God, you listen to anything that is not of Jesus Christ, always ask yourself, where am I getting it wrong? Why am I listening to this if it's not bringing me closer to my Lord and Savior? If it's something that is just telling me otherwise. Amen? Because many times we have that misconception that only the philosophies of the world are the only way that present not truth to us. Because one can leave this sermon and say, okay, I think it's not only, I'm not supposed to only listen to, let's say, the ailments or philosophies of this world. I'm going to say something that is very, very imperative that many, many of us have kind of like missed or sometimes many of us have not come to know that this is actually happening amongst us. Did you know that there's some doctrines that don't bring you to see Jesus Christ? Any teaching that is embedded in the law, it is not going to give you a great opportunity and privilege for you to know Jesus. If, for instance, you're listening to a sermon or listening to any teaching, you're listening to anything that actually does not really remind you that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you or does not unveil the depth of the deity of Jesus Christ to you, the nature of him, the grace of him, the love for him, his love for you, his rich mercies for you, you know, that it is robbing you from actually knowing that you loved, number one. It is robbing from you not knowing that you get to rest in him and he's working for you. It is robbing something from you not knowing that grace is actually working for you and grace is for you. And a lot of times when you people think that when we preach grace, we're giving people license to sin. But I can tell you the truth. When you find a believer who has been immersed, consumed, taken deeper in the deepest revelation of grace, those are Christians, I promise you, you'll find them fully secure, established, confounded, rooted in Jesus without being shaky, without wavering in faith and everything they've given it and surrendered it to Jesus Christ. Because in themselves, they don't see themselves being able to perform anything except through Jesus. And this is something, child of God, I pray that by the grace of God we receive today. You know, the doctrines that don't demonstrate the power of his resurrection or preach Jesus Christ, those two are not truth because Jesus Christ is power in himself. It is only through him, the child of God, we can see that the redemptive plan of God the Father was fulfilled on the cross. It is only through, you know, the doctrine of grace and truth, we get to see the power of the Holy Spirit. We get to see the glory of God, the rich mercies of Jesus, the rich glories of God. We get to see all the hidden treasures of God being unfolded and brought to us in light. So how can we see that if we cannot know what truth is or what not truth is? Amen? There are sometimes destructive doctrines, child of God, 
that can limit people from knowing who Jesus Christ is. And actually, the scripture instructs us of that. The scripture reminds us of that. Second Peter 2.1 says it, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. That is what the scripture says in 2 Peter 2. So, in other words, we may actually say that philosophy is not truth. But then also, within ourselves in the body of Christ, there may be some information that is not truth. And that very information, if it is not centered, established, settled, conformed and abided in Jesus Christ, then partly, you know, that information can hinder the listener. It can hinder the listener by not receiving truth. It can hinder the listener by keeping them in performance, by keeping them in the things actually that are not of the covenant of grace and truth. So that is not truth. Two things I'm really pointing out to you, philosophy and also destructive doctrines that are not of Jesus Christ are not truth. Because remember, you know, in John 14, 7, right? It says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how are we going to go to God the Father, you know, if we're going to understand God the Father without understanding Jesus Christ? And many times I've had several people say, if you know you're going to preach about you speaking Jesus, 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 Jesus. But at the end of the day, Jesus is God. Jesus said that I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. So in order for us to know the truth, child of God, we must know Jesus Christ. And when we know Jesus Christ and when we hear of Jesus Christ and when we believe of Jesus Christ and know him truly by revelation, then we are going to know the truth in God the Father. Amen? Because it is only the truth found in Jesus Christ, child of God that can set us free from all the ailments, the course of the world. If we can't see him greater and bigger, then child of God, the world tends to divert one's mind. The world tends to confuse people, bring them in a place where they are not so secure. But when you see that Jesus Christ, you're everything. He is that center where you dwell and live and are conformed in him. Then, child of God, you will be set free. You'll be set free from the destructive doctrines. You'll be set free from the philosophies of the world. You'll be set free from the course of the world. You will be set free from the teachings of the world. You will easily listen to something and say, this is not Jesus. Jesus is not in this. I don't hear him. I don't see him. And you know that these are only traditions of men. Amen. John 8, 32 says that, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So how do you know the truth? You can only know the truth through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the truth shall make you free. Meaning that Jesus Christ shall make you free. Hallelujah. Someone was understood that someone say amen. Because it is only and only through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth and the life, that we children of God can come to know the truth. We children of God can be made free. And in order for us to be made free, they are making you free. It means you being made free from the elements of this world, from the philosophical thoughts, the realities of this world, the experiences of this world, the conformity of this world, the proximity of this world. You die to the things that are of this world and you are reborn, renewed, regenerated in Jesus Christ and in his spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit is working in you, child of God, Jesus is working. Remember he said before he left, he said, I'm leaving you with a helper and a comforter. So we are not left as adopted children. We carry in him the grace and that grace is leading us through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we must always remember that anything that is not of Jesus Christ 
is not truth. Anything. And this I'm going to speak without having any remorse, without having anything to hold me back, because I know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We cannot get to God the Father without going through him. Amen. In himself, he came to witness truth. Jesus Christ came to witness truth. Much as he was truth himself, he came to witness the truth of God the Father. He came to proclaim that truth in him. John 18, 27, Jesus Christ said these words, right? He said, he was talking to Pilate, right? When he was taken to the council before his crucifixion. And he told him this word. He said that you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. So Jesus Christ's purpose was here to witness to us women the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is God the Father. But then he came also in truth because he was God in flesh. Someone was understood that say amen. He was God in the flesh. And while he was God in the flesh on earth, he was also witnessing truth. Someone say amen. And the scripture says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Meaning that you child of God, you who is a son of God in Christ Jesus, you carry truth in yourself. You're carrying truth in you because you are also a son of truth. I am a son of truth. You are a son of truth. And that is why, child of God, like I said, when you're listening to something and you don't hear Jesus Christ, you don't hear his voice in, in that very thing you're hearing. This is where this scripture becomes real. It says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Meaning that when you don't hear him in anything, you will know this is not truth. You will know it. And it, you will only know it through the Holy Spirit who leads you, who instructs you, who guides you, who shows you or who directs you and says, that is not of Christ. So the world teaches that the Bible in itself is not truth. They tend to fight the word of God. They tend to say it is erroneous. Many times, this is something I actually don't understand why they always say that, right? Because when one reads something, have you ever read something and you really, you're already biased about it? You're not going to find anything good in it. You cannot. Because already your mind is having, has made up its own mind to think that this is not right. And a lot of times, many people come to read the Bible in order to find the mistake in it or to find contradictions. Amen? Many times, because what someone is so drawn to the elements of the world, the course of the world, the teachings of the world, the studies of the world, they are clouded with a depth of wanting to know what is not true in the Bible. But when you come with a mind that I'm just here to learn and I want to know whether this is truth, God will reveal himself to you. He will define what truth is to you. Because remember, like I said, these things are hidden. They are hidden from the people of the world, but they're given to those who God sees that they want to know him and they want to know his truth. Amen. So the eternal treasures, they are hidden. And that I'm going to speak to you plainly. They are not given for everyone. They are hidden, but they are privileged and open to the sons of God. So that's why the, the things of the spirit, as I speak today, they still remain hidden from the children of the world. Only can the children of God or the sons of God be revealed to to the things of the spirit because they are covenant children we are covenant children some of these manful wisdoms or the hidden treasures we speak about through the revelation of god they have been revealed to us through the holy spirit but not everyone in the world can really see or perceive what i'm speaking about as truth because it is hidden from them amen the Bible says in um, John fourteen seventeen that the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him 
not knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Because in the world, they can't see the capacity of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God in this word because it's hidden. It's hidden. They don't carry the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within them because, and the Holy Spirit is the only way, child of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ can be revealed to us, unfolded to us, manifested to us. But one cannot receive what is deep in the Word of God if they don't first become born again, if they don't give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They cannot. And partly, this is why we must proclaim the gospel for anyone listening in today. This is why we must preach this gospel. Because when you preach the gospel and someone really receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that means that from then, the Holy Spirit is going to fall on that person and that person will start to see through the lens of the Spirit. And so one cannot see truth if they've not heard, if they've not come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so it gives us more, more, more grace to be able to preach this gospel. And so it is only the Holy Spirit, child of God, our helper, who can help us, we as believers, understand the truth. It is only him who is going to show us the criteria of what is not truth and what is truth. It's only through the Holy Spirit who's going to help us understand the truth that is written in the word of God. Amen. Even child of God, when you're going to read the scriptures, even when you're going to read the word of God on a daily basis, always talk to the Holy Spirit. Tell him, teach me, show me what I'm supposed to read today. And then also when you're reading a scripture, take time to ask him, what does it mean? Like reveal to me. Because when also sometimes, you know, a lot of times I've had Christians who say, I've, I read the entire Bible. And so, okay, you may have read the entire Bible, right? Then what does that mean? Like what is embedded in it? How did it impact your life? What was the manifestation from that very one scripture you read? What did it do for you? This is not a contest. It is not a competition for us to just read the Bible. You're like, I'm reading from Genesis to Revelation. Just so you, you know, or, you know, we go out and brag and say, I read the entire Bible. But the question remains, when you read, right, that entire Bible, how much did you receive from the revelation of Jesus? Every time you read a scripture, child of God, ask the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus in it. This, the journey we're walking in salvation, it's not about performance. It's not about um, our works. It's not about our deeds. It's not about our love, our love for God. It's all on the other side. It's the opposite. It is about his love for us. And that when we're reading the word of God, we're reading to receive from him. We're not receiving for us to say, I'm reading the entire Bible so that I speak about it. I talk about it. I testify about it. I witness about it. We're reading so that we can receive from Jesus Christ, receive an instruction, that instruction that is going to grow in us, burden in us, bolster our lives in every aspect of our lives. And that is how the word works. That is how the word works. And it's through that, child of God, when you do that, the Holy Spirit is going to help you unveil some of those hidden things, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of God. And you come to actually realize that the Bible is not supposed to be read just like any other book. It's not supposed to be just a book you open up and you start from Genesis and you're going to Revelation and afterwards you close. It is a book we live in. It is a book we feed on. It is our bread of life. It is the living waters. Remember that scripture that we are washed. Amen. We're washed in the word of God. We are being washed, cleansed every day, purified, sanctified. That is how we feed on this word. That is how we feed on truth. That is how we live in truth. Amen. John 14, 26. It says that, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. So the Holy Spirit, and, and this is something I must say by the grace of God, even when we're reading the word of God, right? The Holy Spirit, when we close the Bible and we go on to do our business, go on to do other things, he's always going to remind you of that scripture, remind you of the depth in it, remind you of the riches of the glory of God that is hidden in it. And this is where meditation becomes very important. That when we read a scripture, we meditate on it, we live in it, it becomes reality to us as opposed to the reality or the experiences of the philosophical thoughts. But this scripture becomes part of who you are and it exists in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. You start to create the world in that scripture and it becomes real. It becomes real, amen? It becomes real. So the Holy Spirit will help us, we as believers, to receive this word, to receive the word of truth, to walk in the word of truth, so that when we're walking the word of truth, the manifestations are happening in our lives. They're being seen around the people that we meet in our lives, around everywhere we go. And then we start to see that the traditions of men, the irrefutable contradictions, you know, of the word of God, which are the philosophy of the word, they start to break. They start to fall off our minds. They start to fall off our ears. They start to fall off our eyes. They start to fall off our our hearts, they go and go. You find that the misconceptions one time you believed in, they die. They are nowhere. Sometimes even look back and say, I can't believe I used to think like that. But tell you what, the way you thought at that time, you thought that was truth because you didn't know the truth. And time will come, child of God, right now, I prophesy on each and every one of you listening in today. The time will come when you get a hold of this word that is based in Jesus Christ, rooted in Jesus Christ, and you receive it, you walk in it, it will work in your life. It will manifest in your life. It will become your new reality because we as sons of God, our reality is the word of God. Our reality is not concepts, theories. You know, it's not about experiences of this world. It is about Jesus. It is about the son of the living God. It is about the one who bought you by the price on that cross. It is the one who went through every suffering for you and I. It is all about our Lord and Savior. Because he is. He is ultimately the way, the truth, and the life. He is where we go through to get to God the Father. He is our true mediator. He is the surety of a blessed covenant. So, in other words, as I'm ending by the grace of God's service, Jesus Christ is truth. And anything that is not truth, it is not Jesus Christ. Amen? It is not Jesus Christ. And I really do pray that today, the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, will guide us into this truth, will speak in us this truth. He will enable us to learn this truth. He will instruct us step by step in this truth. And I, I pray for each and every one that may God continuously, through his son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, unveil the depth of his truth. And I pray today, all of you, that may God give you this gift of truth. Lord, we thank you so much for yet this day you've given us. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the helper, the spirit of truth you've given us to lead us and guide us into your truth, to show us your faithfulness and love and goodness and rich mercies and the great love. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you every day that you show us what is your truth and what is not truth. I pray you continue to separate that in our minds, in our lives, in our spirits, in our entire being, in our daily operations, to know what is not truth and what is truth. I pray that you open our minds, our spirits, 
our souls, our entire being to be sanctified and purified in your truth forever. In Jesus' name we pray and say, Amen. So for those who have been listening in today and you say, I've had this sermon evangelist. I really want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I would want to be part of the people who would receive this truth and the Holy Spirit to continuously guide me in this truth. Then I am going to pray with you for those who are saying that. And for those who are saying that you once were born again Christians and you loved the Lord, you know, you walked with him, you know, he loved you, you knew him. But time came and you walked away from the things that were not of him. If you're that person too, and you're saying you want to know Jesus Christ to be regenerated and renewed in his in a relationship with him, um, all of you can say some of this. You say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, today I believe and confess with my mouth that I am saved by the grace of God, not through my works or effort. I am forever justified by faith through your grace. Jesus, you were delivered for all my past, present, and future sins, and you were raised for my justification. From today, I renounce my old man and nature because it was crucified with you at the cross. I now live and walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. I am born of Christ. I believe I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Child of God, I want to welcome you to the greatest gift of salvation. You're now a new creation. All things have passed away. But I'm going to ask you something for those of you who have given your lives to Christ. I pray that you write to us, email us. We want to hear from you. Salvation at a heart for soul.org. Uh, we would love to send you some materials to help you as you're starting this journey and would love to also pray for you. And for all of you who need prayers, write to us, prayer at aheartforsoul.org. We want to stand with you in prayer. I pray for each and every one of you this coming week. May you see the blessing of Abraham. Everything you touch, everything you do in your careers, in your homes, in your marriages, in your ministries, everywhere, any person listening in today, may God continuously bless you and richly keep you and talk to you next week. Bye.